WBUR Podcasts, Boston. As you're listening right now, the Circle Round team is hard at work producing even more exciting folktales for this seventh season of our WBUR podcast. We're also gearing up for our first national tour, with stops in San Francisco, California, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, and Chicago, Illinois. You can learn more about it and see which tickets are available by visiting WBUR.org slash Circle Round. In the meantime, this week we're bringing you a favorite episode from the Circle Round archives. A fun, surprising tale you may have missed the first time around. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Have you ever heard of the Golden Rule? It's an idea that goes all the way back to ancient Egypt, actually. And basically, the Golden Rule says that you should treat other people the way you want to be treated. Like if you want to borrow a friend's toy, maybe you can let your friend borrow one of your toys sometime. In today's story, we'll meet a shoemaker who extends kindness to someone in need. And what she gets in return, she never saw coming. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome to Circle Round, where story time happens all the time. Today, our story is called The Red Leather Shoes. Versions of this tale come from India in South Asia. Some really great people came together to bring you our adaptation of this folktale, including Mother Joffrey and Asif Mandvi. Mother Joffrey is an award-winning actress and chef who's written dozens of cookbooks. Asif Mandvi is an actor and comedian whom you grown-ups may know from The Daily Show on Comedy Central and Evil on CBS. Kids, you might recognize both actors from Mira Royal Detective on Disney Junior. So circle around, everyone, for the red leather shoes. Long, long ago, in a small village in a sprawling kingdom, there lived a shoemaker. Customers traveled from all corners of the kingdom to order shoes from the shoemaker, for everyone agreed the woman had a gift for making the most beautiful, comfortable footwear and making it fast. Can you believe this pair of leather sandals the shoemaker made for me? I ordered them on a Friday afternoon just before she closed shop for the weekend, and they were waiting for me first thing on Monday. Well, get a load of these silk slippers the shoemaker made for me. Not only are they as soft as butter, but I ordered them on a Monday morning, and they were ready by sundown. That shoemaker is amazing. Simply amazing. Eventually, though, things began to change. The shoemaker was growing older, so her eyes were growing weaker, her fingers were growing stiffer, and her work was growing slower. The shoes she made were still as beautiful and comfortable as ever, but her customers were growing annoyed about how long they had to wait. Ugh, I can't believe this. I placed an order a month ago and my shoes still aren't ready. Well, that's nothing. I placed my order two months ago. This is ridiculous. I say we find another shoemaker, one who doesn't keep us waiting. So they did. 
they found a cobbler in the capital city, a young fellow who could churn out shoes like they were pancakes on a griddle. Before long, the shoemaker in the village had no customers. And with no customers, she had no income. She couldn't afford material to make new shoes or food to fill her belly. One morning, as she sat down for a meager breakfast of rice and tea, she glanced around her dusty shop. Oh, look at this place. It's like a ghost town in here. I haven't seen a customer in ages. They're all visiting that flashy cobbler in the capital city. Oh, sure, he's quick. But his work? It's so shoddy. And his materials? They are so cheap, so second-rate. The shoemaker frowned as she sipped her tea. If she didn't get any customers soon, she'd be in trouble. There must be something she could do. Then, all of a sudden, something caught her eye. She hobbled to the kitchen, stretched up her creaky arms, and brought a box down from the shelf. It was a wooden box hewn from a walnut tree. With elaborate, intricate designs carved along the sides and top, When the shoemaker lifted the box's lid, her eyes lit up. There you are. I'd almost forgotten about you. The shoemaker reached inside and unfolded a big piece of leather. She rubbed the material between her fingers. It was as smooth as the petals of a rose and as red as a pomegranate. The leather had been a gift from her mother, a brilliantly talented shoemaker who passed all of her skills down to her one and only child. And years and years ago, just before the old woman cobbled her final pair of shoes and let out her final breath, she pulled her daughter aside and placed the leather in her hand. This leather, my child, is for you. It will make for a marvelous pair of shoes someday. But don't be too hasty in using it. Keep this leather with you. Treasure it. You'll know when the time comes to use it. As the shoemaker recalled her mother's words, she felt a ripple of joy. For she knew the time had come. At last, she would use her beloved red leather to make a magnificent pair of shoes, so magnificent that she could make a pretty penny selling them. The shoemaker fetched her cobbling tools and got to work. Hour after hour, she sat hunched over the table, trimming and stitching, hammering and gluing, until her shoulders were aching and her fingers were numb. She woke up early the next morning and did the same thing, trimming and stitching, hammering and gluing. Day after day, week after week, month after month, she hunkered down at her table. Until, at last, Uh the red leather shoes were finished. Oh, my pretties, look at you. You are gorgeous, divine. Mother would be so proud. There was almost a spring in the shoemaker's shuffling step as she placed the shoes in the front window of her shop. There. Now? I just wait for somebody to stroll past my window, notice the shoes, and snatch them up. I'm sure it won't be long. And indeed, 
It wasn't. Excuse me. <laughs> but I was wandering by just now, and I saw those exquisite red leather shoes in the window. I have to ask, how much are they? The shoemaker grinned. At long last, a customer. Her plan was working. The red leather shoes, you say? They're fifty silver coins. The customer did a double take. Fifty silver coins? But the cobbler in the capital city would charge way less than that. The shoemaker bristled. But that cobbler in the capital city would never craft such a fine pair of shoes. I can assure you, each and every stitch was made with the utmost of care. And that leather? You won't find higher quality anywhere. These shoes will last you a lifetime. But the customer was not convinced. I'm sorry, but 50 silver coins sounds way too steep to me. Good luck with the shoes. Well, as it turned out, the shoemaker needed far more than luck. For no matter how many curious customers waltzed into her shop... Um, how much for the red leather shoes? What are you asking for the red leather shoes? When they learned the price... 50 silver coins? That's outrageous! All of them made a beeline for the door. Sorry, but good luck. Good luck! Good luck! Well, it wasn't long before the shoemaker's cupboards were bare, her pockets were empty, and she was left with little more than a heavy heart and a hungry belly. But little did she know... All of that was about to change. What do you think will happen to the shoemaker? We'll find out after a quick break. I'm Rebecca Shear. Welcome back to Circle Round. Today our story is called The Red Leather Shoes. Before the break, a struggling shoemaker put her heart and soul into making a beautiful pair of red leather shoes. But, alas, no one would buy them. One evening, as a ferocious storm raged outside, the shoemaker sat huddled by the fire. She was rubbing her bony hands and trying to ignore her grumbling belly, when all of a sudden... Oh dear... Who could be wandering around in all this wind and rain? The shoemaker heaved herself to her feet and shambled to the door. Shivering outside was a haggard man. His face was smudged with soot. Raindrops pelted down on his long, shabby coat and tattered hat. Good evening, madam. Sorry to disturb you, but I spotted the glow of your fire through your front window. I've been begging in the streets all day long and am chilled to my bones. May I please come in and warm myself? Of course. The shoemaker took the beggar's arm and led him to the fire. Here, take off that soaking wet coat and hat and make yourself comfortable. I'd offer you some food, but I ate my last bowl of rice days ago and I... 
haven't been able to... The shoemaker stopped short, for her eyes had wandered down to the beggar's feet. The man wasn't wearing any shoes or socks, and his toes, soles, and heels were all dirty and wet. I'm sorry, sir, but your feet... Have you no shoes to wear? No, madam, I have no shoes. As a poor beggar, I have nothing at all, really. But you, how is it that you've fallen on such hard times? The shoemaker heaved a sigh. Well, I'm a shoemaker by trade. I learned everything from my mother, the most remarkable shoemaker you ever did meet. But as I grew older, I grew slower. And now everyone would rather buy shoes from that cobbler in the capital city. He uses far cheaper material than I do, but he can throw together a shoe in the blink of an eye. The beggar nodded. Then he gestured toward the front window. I couldn't help but notice those red leather shoes you have on display. They're utterly spectacular. I've never seen anything like them. Are you telling me nobody will buy those? Not a one. Everyone who comes into my shop says the shoes are too expensive. I see. The beggar rose to his bare, begrimed feet and began pulling on his ragged coat. Well, I believe it's time for me to move on. Thank you for the fire, madam, and for the company. It means more than I can say. As the man began trudging toward the door. Oh, wait! The shoemaker stopped him. It's pouring buckets out there. You can't walk around like that. The shoemaker went to the window and brought back the red leather shoes. Here, take these. It's clear that no one will buy them. At least I know they'll be put to good use by a good person. The beggar's eyes twinkled as he slipped the shoes on. They fit like a glove. Thank you, madam. I can't tell you how grateful I am. Then he tipped his tattered hat and disappeared into the dark and rainy night. By morning, the storm had passed. Outside the shoemaker's shop, the sky sparkled a brilliant blue, and the sun shone high in the sky. But inside the shop, the shoemaker felt bleak and gloomy, because while tossing and turning in bed last night, she had come to a very difficult decision. She would sell her cobbling tools. I mean, what else can I do? Clearly my career is all washed up. These tools will bring me a bit of money. Then I can decide what I'll do next. But just as the shoemaker began gathering up her hammers and scissors, her pincers and pliers, when the shoemaker opened the door, she saw an elegant horse and carriage on the street outside. The finely dressed driver waved his velvet-gloved hand and grinned. Good morning, madam. Please come with me. We don't have a moment to waste. The king wishes to see you immediately. The shoemaker was confused. The king? But she did as she was instructed and climbed into the carriage. When the carriage reached the palace, 
the shoemaker was ushered into a great hall. The moment she spotted the king sitting on his plush velvet throne, decked out in his lush satin robe, she bowed low to the ground. Good morning, dear madam. Please, you may rise. The shoemaker froze. That voice, it was so familiar. She'd never met the king before, so how did she recognize that voice? Slowly, she rose to her feet. I am honored to be in your presence, your majesty. But I must confess, I'm confused as to why you'd summon a poor shoemaker like me to your palace. The king smiled. I've summoned you to my palace to repay you for the red leather shoes. The red leather shoes? The shoemaker blinked her eyes. With all due respect, your excellency, I gave those red leather shoes to a beggar, not a king. That's where you're wrong, dear madam. You see, nobody outside these palace walls knows it. But from time to time, I like to disguise myself so I may wander about my kingdom unrecognized. I wish to see firsthand how my people live and how they treat each other. Last night, I disguised myself as a beggar, a haggard and weary man, so down and out, so penniless, he couldn't even afford shoes. I made my way to your shop in the thunder, wind, and rain, and I knocked at your door. And what did you do? You took me in. You sat me by the fire, and you gave me your most prized possession, the red leather shoes. The shoemaker felt her cheeks flush. Well, your highness, I couldn't just leave you out there shivering in the cold. So you say. But do you know how many of your fellow citizens turned me away as I wandered from house to house? Do you know how many of them slammed their door in my face if they even answered it to begin with? And so I'd like to repay you <laughs> by making you the official royal shoemaker. Henceforth, you shall be charged with making all my shoes and in return... You may live in the palace and enjoy all the comforts therein. Do you accept my offer? The shoemaker's heart stuttered and skittered inside her chest. It felt like a dragonfly fluttering its delicate wings. Yes, your majesty, I accept your offer. And so the shoemaker packed up her shop in the village and moved into the palace where she spent her days making beautiful, comfortable shoes for the king. She worked slowly, but the king didn't mind. For what the shoemaker lacked in speed, she made up for in skill. And even if her hands weren't quick, her heart was warm. And that's what mattered most of all. Now it's your turn. Think about someone who has a skill that you admire. Perhaps your aunt is a brilliant surgeon, your grandparent is an incredible chef, 
Or your neighbor is an artist who makes beautiful paintings or pots. Think about that person, then think of five questions you would like to ask them. Five questions about how they do what they do. You could ask what inspired them to get started, what keeps them going, what words of wisdom they would offer someone who wants to follow the same path. Ask a grown-up to help you write down your questions. Then send those questions to your person. They'll no doubt be tickled pink to answer. And when you get those answers back, you'll no doubt learn something amazing and new. This week's story, The Red Leather Shoes, was adapted by me, Rebecca Shear. It was edited by Amory Sievertson. Circle Round's original music and sound design is by Eric Shimalonis. Our artist is Sabina Hahn. Want to color while you listen? Sabina Hahn has drawn a black and white picture for all 100-plus Circle Round stories, and you can color them in. Ask a grown-up to visit our website, wbur.org slash circle round, and click on Soundtrack and Coloring Pages. Once you've finished your coloring page, your grown-up can share it with us on Instagram. Our handle is at Circle Round Podcast. Special thanks to this week's actors, Elle Borders, Jason Ennis, Thais Harris, Dolores King-Williams, Nick Shawley, Chris Tucci, Asif Manvi, and Mother Joffrey. Mother Joffrey has starred in dozens of films as well as her own cooking show. Asif Manvi stars in Evil on CBS. And grown-ups, you can see both Mother and Asif in the films ABCD and today's special, co-written by Asif. And kids, you can hear both of them in Mira Royal Detective on Disney Junior. Our featured instrument this week was the sitar. You can learn more about this plucked stringed instrument from India and see a video of Anushka Shankar playing a composition by her father, Ravi Shankar, on our website. Again, that's wbur.org slash circle round. Never want to miss an episode of Circle Round? Why not subscribe? Grown-ups, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. And please leave us some stars, write us a review, or just tell your friends about the show. Circle Round is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. I'm Rebecca Shear. Thanks for circling around with us. Now that you've made it to the end of this Circle Round episode, we want to know, what's your favorite Circle Round story? Thousands of fans just like you have been telling us about the Circle Round stories they like best. Take a listen. Maybe one of their favorites is one of yours, too. Hi, my name is Aliana. I am from Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. My favorite story is The First Customer. I like the part where Isa gives a box of mangoes to the old lady. My name is Scarlett. I live in North Carolina, and my favorite Circle Round story is The Great Acorn Robbery because the eagle changes all the animals. My name is Karen, and I live in Los Gatos, California. Favorite Circle Round story is The Gloomy Pine Tree. Favorite part is when the gloomy pine tree turns into a daisy then an apple tree, then a maple tree, back to a pine tree, but not just any pine tree, a happy pine tree. My name is Claudia. I live in Pennsylvania, and my favorite circle round story is Catch You Later because I like the part where the ghost was trying to eat the barber. Hi, my name is James. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My favorite story is the tug of war because I like it because the turtle 
Trix the Elephant and the Hippo. Hi, my name is Leon, and I'm from Needham, Massachusetts. And my favorite circle round is the bird of the different feather, because my favorite part is when Guinea Fowl says, Holy cow, cow! Did someone mention a story you've missed? Not to worry. Grown-ups, you can find all of our Circle Round stories, plus links to the Circle Round Club, picture books, coloring pages, and oh so much more on our website, wbur.org slash circle round. <laughs>